Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek. And Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. Yeah, I thought it was a classic femme fatale. Just so much fun. I like that Shakespearean lace in your acting. I said, Gene, what do you want from this character? I want you to just take the character and make it your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time on the film. On day one, the movie was already $15 million over budget. We started this movie without an ending. That's like painting yourself into a corner. I don't think we've ever had a Star Trek oh, captain on our show. True. Being, as you said, number one of the, on the call sheet, it is a producer's position if you're going to take it seriously. I was so glad they didn't cast me as Lorca. <laughs> <laughs> you famously wrote that script in 12 days. On one level, I wrote the script. And on another level, the story was written by everybody and sure. his brother. New episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts, or download the Electric Now app. Keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for fans with a life, is available every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Hello and welcome to Best Movies Never Made, a podcast where we talk about interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. Most of the time, the movies you're trying to make don't get made. Like, four of them may happen, one of them may happen, none of them may yeah. happen, and I'll be attached to three more things by end of summer. Turn the script into something resembling like Unforgiven with Conan. Yeah. Suddenly the rights expired and the whole thing just like went away oh. overnight. New episodes will be available every other Monday. We won't see you at the movies. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and this is the 430 movie. And this week, welcome to Gone Too Soon week. Now, I know what you're thinking. Is it like a bad dinner guest that you're happy to be rid of? No, God, they're gone too soon, not too late. <laughs> so who, what is this about? This is actually uh, an idea Steve uh, Melching had, uh, which is about um, uh, uh, films featuring writers, producers, stars, that were gone too soon, that passed away unexpectedly, uh, that left the business, that got hit by a truck, whatever. <laughs> that uh, So we're, we're going to basically be talking about uh, films and filmmakers gone too soon. So uh, how that shakes out, you know, is somebody like uh, Peter Finch and Network, you know, gone too soon? I don't know. I mean, he was pretty <laughs> old when he died, even though he, you know, he he won an Oscar uh, you know, posthumously, but I don't know. It's going to be up to everybody. We don't know what it means. We just know <laughs> it, it, it sounds like a good idea for an episode. We're also in our fifth season. All the good categories are gone. So now we have to go. We have to dig a little <laughs> deeper. Little are you deeper. kidding? We did great Scott week. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's, that's true. So uh, so this is gone too soon. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. 
And, uh, you know, hopefully you won't be hoping this episode has gone too, too <laughs> soon. Um, so uh, without any ado, let me introduce you to your favorite 430 movie host. Of course, on Monday, it's none other than the great Steve Melching. <laughs> well, hello there. And uh, on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's Darren Doctorman. Children, children. Ah, I love children. No, no, that's not. No. <laughs> And on Wednesday, the man who you may want gone soon, but he's sticking out anyway. Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. You know, Mark, they say there's a heaven for those who will wait. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I, I would rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. You know, only the good die young. <laughs> it's not Billy Joel week. Come on. <laughs> but it could be. It could be. Billy the Kid week, only on 430 movie. <laughs> My goodness. It's a combination of Bill Shatner movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. Well, like I said, that could be six season. We're running out of shows. Bill Shatner week. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that week? I mean, you know what? After doing spoiler week, I'm convinced we can do anything. I can. I'm convinced you throw any week at us, we can do it. And we've proved it with uh, surprise week. All these things are possible. You know, I, I was because I, uh, I I made my little faux pas uh, I, I, during Great Scott Week. I, I repeated the Austin Powers International yes, Man of yes, Mystery. You did. Because I hadn't been listening. And so I didn't even think about the um, the, the Sunday afternoon special. So right. I went back and I have dutifully listened to everything with Kate. All, all, all the 430 movies. Well, all the 430 movies. And since the, the beginning of time. Well, since the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. And here's the conclusion that I've come to. It, guys, it doesn't matter what the week is. Because I don't know if you realize this or not, but I think, I don't think people listen to this show to hear us talk about the movies. I, I think we have <laughs> accidentally turned into a, uh, a morning FM radio show <laughs> is what's happened. We are drive time, baby. That's, you mean the four thirty morning are. zoo? See, and I think morning zoo. That's what we are. I think the quote sticks. You have too much time on your hands because, <laughs> because I I just can't believe you went and binged the entire season. <laughs> well, I just driving Caden back and forth from school, and you know, what do you think? What do you think? Oh my God, he, he loves it. I think he's he's like Hepburn like, Week, Dad. It's like it's much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, uh, speaking of sons, uh, Isaac is thinking of launching his own podcast, and we're trying to come up with uh, with the right hook. So maybe him and Caden could team up, <laughs> sort of an all star all star teenage podcast, four thirty movie J junior, or as we called it, the two thirty movie. <laughs> I, <laughs> The next generation. <laughs> right. The fourth movie of the next generation. Well, I, I don't know if it's that easy to license our brand. No. I, I think they would really, I don't think, I think if they don't have, I know what he gets paid as an allowance. I don't think he can afford to uh, license <laughs> the show. Reuse fees from us would be highly exorbitant. But it would be like the, the Teen Titans of podcasts. <laughs> young Young Avengers. <laughs> young Avengers, exactly. That's right. That's right. I, I could be the Muppet Babies, if you will. Look at Robert some point, Downey Jr. Jr. At some point, we got to turn the show over to somebody. <laughs> and there are not many people who qualify. 
No. A lot of people think we, they we do. don't even most of the time. Oh, everybody I, you know, thinks you ever do. see on I love on I love on Facebook when people put your thoughts. Like who cares? Who cares what people's thoughts are? You know, you know, if you have a strong opinion about something or you know an educated opinion, you put out your thoughts. Most people don't know what you know. They don't know anything. Who cares what their thoughts are? If I cared about people's thoughts, I'll listen to their podcast. <laughs> You're right, That's exactly. Right. And I don't even listen to our podcast. I always love that. Yeah, well, you did. <laughs> now your I thoughts. have, and it's great. It's so entertaining. You know whose thoughts I care about? Darren Docterman, Ashley Miller, <laughs> and, <Steve laughs> and my wife. That's about it. That's right. I don't not care about anybody else's that thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in that order. And uh, other, other than that, I, I don't really need to know what other people's thoughts are. I mean, I appreciate your interest your in our thoughts. My thoughts. So, yeah, Spock's thoughts. But Leonard, Spock, deep Spock. thoughts. Bane <laughs> suffering. That's the entire podcast. Get that man in aspirin. <laughs> it's the mind meld minute with Mr. Spock. A mind meld minute. You know what? It's funny because I was thinking, I was thinking this is like the fifth season of the show, right? It needed a little bit of reinvention. I had all these dreams that we have guest commentators, you know, like sort of like on, on the match game later on in years, you know, with Richard Dawson wasn't there. They'd have like uh, Charles Nelson Riley could make it. They'd We're lucky people. to get the four of us together. I, I know. <laughs> and I was thinking we'd have like guests rotate in for when we couldn't do it. And then I thought we could have like a, a DVD minute at the end where we talk about movies and Blu-rays that came out that week that are worth picking up and, you know, how we, we'd expand the show and we, we, we'd keep it fresh. No. No, we, we need to fresh. contract and contract exciting. the show. So <laughs> exciting to me. <laughs> I don't want to be gone too soon. That's all I can say. That's right. I want. I don't want to overstay our welcome, but I don't want to be gone too soon. I want it to be just right. Just well, if right. I want to be topical, did anyone see Top Gun over the weekend? Topical Gun? Topical Gun with the rest of the world? I nope. haven't seen I haven't it yet. Seen it I've yet. been a little busy. I, I have to say, you're in the middle of a big move, aren't you? Oh, okay. I um, <laughs> I I did not see it. Um, I have to say, I'm not a big fan of the original Top Gun. A lot of people aren't who like it. Well, I was going to say, but the trailer for this looked great. And I actually do want to see this um, as long as it's Kenny Loggins free. And um, (laughs) I I, I mean, you know, the trailer looks phenomenal. Um, And obviously people who are are unexpectedly, your thoughts, you like it? Oh, well, (laughs) but, uh, you know, but I don't care if you like it. Well, cybercrime has uh, has went way up because people are looking for Kenny's login. Oh, oh, oh. man. Oof. Oh, man. That is that may be the oh. worst joke we've ever made on the show. Wow. <laughs> and, and you know what? <laughs> you just opened the field up wide for me, baby. <laughs> Can make any joke I want. Well, let's do our offer. <laughs> let's do our offer minute. What would have anyone want to recap what happened on the offer this week? Lots of things that probably didn't happen in real Already life. saved the picture again. I again. Know. <laughs> it should be called the awful. You know, <laughs> you know what? He makes things happen. He, yeah, today. I'm Mr. A, producer. I'll, I'll handle it. I'll handle it. Do I handle, handle it? <laughs> oh, it was. I mean, literally, I was on it watching with my wife and with Isaac. And I think we all like at the same time, like, oh, Jesus. I mean, it was like it was there were so many cringe moments on this week's offer it was i mean just impossible i mean it's just i I love it when the characters uh quote uh dialogue from the godfather yeah 
Yeah. Just in their normal lives. I know. I know. As, as if as if those uh, off the cuff remarks uh, migrated their way into uh, the iconic uh, right. lines of the screenplay. We, we should have a drinking game every time somebody says, where's Ruddy? You got to take a drink. You'd be drunk by like the first commercial. I mean, it's so to I'm be like, fair. It, to be fair, I, I did watch an actual interview with Al Ruddy from maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And he was nowhere near as. um egotistical and uh, and incorrect as he appears to be in the offer. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can give him a little slack and and uh, say that certain people working on this show have increased his role slightly. Well, you know what it's like? It's like um, it's it's like when Herb Solo wrote that book about Star Trek. Right. Right. The the real story. Where How I did it. Gene Roddenberry was, was barely ever there and it was right. all Herb Solo. Yeah. who was responsible for the genius of Star Trek with an occasional cameo by Gene Roddenberry showing right. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> History yeah. is written by the survivors. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly, which brings us back to our show, Gone That's Too right. Soon. Gone Too Soon. So, okay, this, this, this week we're going to be talking about <laughs> filmmakers, stars, writers, producers who were gone too soon and what they left behind. So uh, we're going to start. This will be a very interesting week. I, I don't have my little cards filled out because I have no idea what anyone's picking. <laughs> I do. Um, no, okay. Ashley seems to know. I seem to know. Okay. Oh, well, well Ashley enduring. is signing in now. Your, 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 your thoughts? Your thoughts? <laughs> your thoughts? <laughs> I like it. It was good. It's like I don't understand the haters. <laughs> the haters just don't like it because it's I always understand good. the haters. We just lost the yeah, half our audience was like, well, I write on Facebook your thoughts. I don't see what's so bad about that. <laughs> if it weren't for Mark Altman and his problem with your thoughts. Well, you know, they'll say, well, you know, I thought, you know, listening to him talk about politics and Woody Allen was bad enough. But this week is even worse. Now he's complaining <laughs> about your thoughts. Um, yeah. <laughs> OK, Here you have thoughts. <laughs> so Steve Melching. Yes. Monday. What Monday. who who or what is gone too soon? The uh the the filmmaker that was gone too soon for me is uh is one who uh hit me personally uh, literally very hard. In the very, face. Yeah, literally. Oh my god. Uh, 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 very, yeah. <laughs> one that one that affected me oh. uh deeply. <laughs> uh this is someone who is a uh a performer, a director, a producer, a writer, an artist, an inventor, someone who did a lot of good in the world and uh, made uh -huh. some some good movies, uh, movies that uh, were, I think, important movies in the 80s and uh, someone who who changed television, but also worked in film. And uh, I'm talking about someone who uh, passed away, unfortunately, at the age of 53, who oh. still had mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of good work uh, ahead of him. Uh, he could have he could even still be alive today if he had only gone to the hospital a few hours yeah. sooner. We should and have been talking, able to guess this one. Talking about Jim Henson, mm -hmm. uh, who died in uh, 1990 uh, at the age of 53. Uh, he was uh, nominated for an Oscar for uh, a short film that he made in 1966 uh, called Timepiece. And, uh, of course, made his perhaps his biggest mark in television with uh, uh, the, the Muppets that he created with uh, Sam and Friends, Sesame Street, The Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock. Uh, created, you know, dinosaurs. part of the dinosaurs, uh, uh, the Jim Henson Creature Shop, uh, and uh, of course uh, uh, was involved in several movies. The Muppet Movie, of course, he starred in and produced, and the, then the sequels, where he was also either a director or a, an actor or a, a producer. 
And of course, he directed Labyrinth uh, with David Bowie and and, uh, Jennifer Connelly and uh, produced The Witches. But so my pick for Monday is a film that he uh, performed in, produced, co-directed and wrote the story for. And that's 1982's The Dark Crystal. It begins as a quest. You must find the shard. The crystal shard. The crystal shard? To save our world, you A wonderful fantasy adventure. into a mystical realm of sights and sounds. Enter the world of the Dark Crystal. Um, which uh, was produced uh, with, uh, he produced with Gary Kurtz, who from Star Wars, and uh, it was written by David O'Dell, uh, music by Trevor Jones, uh, and brilliant uh, production design uh, by Brian Froud. Um, uh, this was uh, Jim Henson's uh, effort to make a, a fairy tale that had the, uh, the darkness uh, the, that uh, good fairy tales, uh, the grim fairy tales had to it. So it had a dark side. And, and he was very interested in creating a, a, uh, a movie that didn't have any human uh, presence in it at all, where every character on screen was a puppet. Uh, and, um, and to that end, he created, uh, you know, with his team, these, this incredible ecosystem, uh, multiple languages, uh, music, uh, and cultures and, and put together this this uh, this fantastical story that uh, has a very as a small but passionate fan base uh, that has endured uh, over the decades and spawned a uh, almost spawned a film sequel a couple of times over the years, but never quite made it until uh, Netflix made uh, the the, the uh, miniseries uh, sequel to it a couple of years back. Well, they only call it a miniseries now because it didn't go to season yeah. two. <laughs> it was it was supposed to be a Canceled. series. Gone too soon. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great pick and not entirely unexpected. We know what a huge fan you are of Jim Henson. And, you know, so much respect for him because, of course, the, the, the thing about Dark Crystal is so interesting is it was produced because um, Lord Lou Grade, uh, who is also uh, the man behind Space 1999 um, and Raised the Titanic, uh, talk about gone too soon, Richard Jordan. But uh, so, um, but it was so interesting about that is uh, after it was tested, it was, you know, he made a ton of money on the Muppet show. Uh, he thought it was going to be a disaster. It, it did not test well. And, and, and Jim Henson used his own money to buy it back, you know, and, 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 and sold us to Universal where it was released. Um, and it's extraordinary because he put his money where his mouth is. He really believed in the film and, and they ended up, rewriting so much of it because didn't they then um uh change all the the dialogue from uh skexis and whatever languages they were to english well it's funny you say that because i actually went to see it 
on the big screen again. I took Caden with me and he liked it. Now I've always really liked that movie, but I kind of walked out of it thinking of it as, and look, it's, it's puppet animation. So who the hell can tell, but it's, it's sort of the ADR crystal. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> there yeah. is like there is just yeah. a ton of like of off-screen dialogue, some of which I attributed just to, well, you know, look, man, it's hard to just get all that on screen when you're you're talking about the process that they're using. But it also did feel like there was a lot of fill-in um versus things that were kind of organically happening in the moment. I, I think some of that. I think, yeah, I think Mark was referring to. They filmed a lot of these scenes in in the made up language and realized that audiences are just going to be baffled by this and trying to figure out the story from context, and uh, ended up redubbing it uh, in in English language. And and I think what Ashley's talking about maybe is a lot of this ADR dialogue is maybe trying to help the audience along <laughs> and explain well, it's, what's it's, happening. It's like what Darren did, not Darren, but what they did with Star Trek: The Motion Picture with Colin R. How originally it was filmed in English, and then they changed it to Vulcan and subtitled it. But, you know, if you notice, it doesn't quite match. Uh, it comes close. because they moved it was, the headstones, but they didn't move the body. Yeah, because it was never, <laughs> never, it was actually filmed in English. In this case, it was the opposite. They filmed it in the, you know, Tolkien Basque language and then changed it to English, which, so not only did they have to rewrite it, but they had to rewrite it. it it's almost like dumping a Hong Kong movie or something because they then had to make the English fit the mouths of the but, puppets. But the great thing about that is, as George Lucas found in uh, the Star Wars movies, that whenever he had a problem with the uh, plot or connecting scenes together, he would always give connecting dialogue to C-3PO or Darth Vader and uh, because they don't have to lip sync. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that this whole movie is, you know, C-3PO <laughs> and Darth Vader talking to each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But look, it's it's good and it's cool. I mean, there are actually places though where um, for for wide shots where I think uh, they're shooting children um, who are kind of dressed up in, yeah. in costume, filming children. They're filming, yeah, yeah, they're filming <laughs> children. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, it, but it's like it's really effective. It looks really good. Um, yeah. it's really pretty. It's it is unexpectedly kind of visceral. Uh, and a little unsettling at times. It's like, you know, you don't usually sort of expect that sort of behavior out of a modern household puppet. And the puppets are luminous. They are luminous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how funny was that? I don't know if you saw on Twitter this week, someone, uh, one of our listeners, uh, and I for forgive me for not remembering who it was, they said, uh, Damn you, 4.30 movie. I'm going around referring to people now as luminous. <laughs> just, uh, Which is sometimes inappropriate unless they are Jedi ghosts. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, it's funny. I With the Dark Crystal, it's a movie I respect more than I like. I, I'm not a huge fan I'm of it. I'm in the same boat. But I, I do have a tremendous amount of respect for what Jim Hansen and Gary Kurtz did with that film and, and creating a Tolkien-esque universe you know from whole cloth and it's very risky and it kind of represents the kind of storytelling if you look particularly at you know the early 80s 1982 coming on the heels of star wars people were trying all kinds of crazy things thinking well this will be the next star wars right but they were willing to take these risks and yeah. so i have so much respect for that you know um and you know it definitely has a very a passionate fan following that film. It, it's probably more successful as an effort at world building uh, than storytelling because the, the world building is just tremendous and uh, it's really great. And 
you know, Jim, Jim, when Jim died, I re- still remember vividly hearing the news on the radio when I woke up in the morning and I was just absolutely stunned. And I had, I had just missed an opportunity to meet him uh, like two weeks prior when he was in LA uh, for an appearance on the Arsenio Hall show, but I was right. in the middle of uh, graduating from college and finishing my exams and final papers and projects. I just could not get away to go to uh, go with my friend to uh, to the studio to meet him. And uh, I was always, you know, very disappointed that I, I missed that opportunity because he, he was always a, a hero of mine uh, growing up. And um, he, thankfully, his legacy lives on uh, pretty strongly. I mean, the Jim Henson company uh, run by his children is is still uh, very much uh, alive and kicking. And uh, the characters that he helped create uh, endure to this day. And, um, you know, I, so he's still with us in a way, but I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm sad that, that we didn't get his creative voice, you know, over the last 30 plus years, 32 years. Agreed. I would tell you the only time I met the, my hero, Gene Roddenberry, I was sitting in uh, the outer office waiting to interview Bob Lewin, who was a producer on the first season of Next Generation. And Roddenberry runs into the office and starts screaming at Susan Sackett, fuck that all. son of a bitch. And I, I get him on the goddamn phone. That fucking asshole. Bah, 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 bah. And he goes, oh, this is uh, Mark Allman. He goes, hi, nice to meet you. That guy fucking son of a man, fuck. And he goes, <laughs> it was wow. so funny and uh, by all accounts jim was an incredibly nice person like i've you know uh i I always heard that he treated people with uh, great respect you know and and was a you know a very kind uh, collaborative spirit that's his reputation yeah 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 i mean you know when they talk about i mean it always remember that the whole think different campaign from apple i mean boy jim henson really seemed to epitomize that whole uh, I, I, idea. What a great, uh, what a great pick for um, Gone Too Soon week, definitely. And, and Jim Henson one, leaves Steve. such a great legacy beyond Dark Crystal, as well as you alluded to earlier. Um, okay, so that brings us to Tuesday and Darren Doctorman with Gone Too Soon. Gone Too Soon on Tuesday. Well, um, I went back and forth about my uh, uh, pick of the actual person, um, but I finally decided that I would pick uh, an actor who. I uh, identified with in a lot of ways because, first of all, we were physically similar and uh, people would tell me that all the time, that uh, I reminded them of, uh, of him. And uh, it turns out we were almost exactly the same age. And so that was a little bit odd. But um, I, I, I noticed his work in a couple movies. He, he never really took the center stage. He was always sort of a supporting character. And uh, and I always enjoyed whatever he had to offer. Um, but uh, in in no film did he uh, did he have the title role uh, except. Well, I take that back. He he played uh, in this film uh, the title role uh, called the master. Are you mixed up? No, sir. Are you more jumpy than you were before? No, sir. And how's your sleeping? I sleep just fine, sir. When you sleep, do you have nightmares? Not as much as before. You've had violent episodes. (laughs) Yes, sir, we all did. 
you pulled a knife to the throat of an officer. <laughs> uh, we box that out. How would you yourself rank your overall health? Strong. What about this last episode on the way home? What episode, sir? The episode you had on the way home here. I don't, I don't remember an episode. You have no memory of what happened? <laughs> we, were, <clears throat> we were celebrating. We were drinking and dancing. We don't remember an episode. Was there a fight? <laughs> what happened? Let's just see if we can help you remember what happened. <laughs> okay. And uh, his name is Philip Seymour Hoffman. And uh, he was uh, in this film uh, by Paul Thomas Anderson. And it's uh, it's basically a, uh, a, a riff on Scientology, more or less, uh, without uh, saying that it is. Um, uh, of course, uh, the, the film uh, didn't do all that well. I don't think it was because of the subject matter. I think it might have just had to do with the fact that uh, there's not really an audience for it because it's it's sort of very esoteric it's it's interesting but it's very distancing um and uh i i really like uh pt anderson's uh, other uh offerings uh among them you know i'm going to do a mark altman among them boogie nights uh <laughs> which uh, uh hoffman is also in in a supporting role and he's great in that as well but uh, he really has a commanding presence in this film. And uh, the, whole, the whole story is revolving around him. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is, the, uh, is our connection to this story as uh, he finds himself uh, starting to be enmeshed in the machinations of this uh, organization, this uh, religious uh, uh, gathering of... Uh, of lost people, and uh, it's really a fascinating uh, character study, and uh, very. Uh, it's a very odd film, but it is enjoyable if you get through it. I think that's the <laughs> that's the main thing. But uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was a. Uh, of course, he he died uh, very young of uh, an apparent overdose, um, and it's uh, it's very sad because he always brought. Uh, an amazing depth to even tiny characters that he played uh, in films. And of course, he he would often uh, 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 appear in just one scene in a film and then would be gone the rest of the uh, rest of the movie. But um, he uh, was so I'm not going to say chameleon because you always know it's him, but you see him always in a different light with every role he played. Of course, he he uh, uh, did a an amazing portrayal of Truman Capote in uh, uh, the film of the same name. Um, and uh, look, he's he, big he Lebowski. Was a, uh, oh, big big Lebowski. He's he's in for like three scenes, and he's amazing. Uh, he's even amazing on the answering machine, uh, which, <laughs> which sort of gives you a, a, a nice 
sort of Lebowski, uh, uh, yeah. please call me back. I'm sure this is not about the rug. It, it's so it, it's so well done. His his ability to take lines and make them completely real and then plus them again is uh, is really was really amazing. Um, so uh, I think that uh, he had to be my choice because. Uh, uh, he was taking all the roles that I could have uh, done myself, uh, but uh, I I, uh, I loved his work and uh, was very sad to hear he was gone. But uh, give you know, the master a look. I'd like to see that amazing. movie between a rivalry between like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Darren Dockman, who Darren thinks he's on the same level. Of yeah, <laughs> no, out of the exactly. same role. Uh, and they're exactly. the same. A, a and completely, like so a completely out of his mind person who thinks that uh, <laughs> he's equal to a well-established actor. I think that that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like but Barry. It'd be like, course, like a Barry well, Something like that. But of course, my role would be played by Jack Black. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. funny. That's so funny. It's like, I was so close to Boogie Nights. And then he comes right. in and he steals it away from me. That's right. Exactly. Well, did did uh, P.T. Anderson like your audition? Well, I, I don't I, know. I he didn't actually it, get to meet him. <laughs> he was the second. He was the second choice for P.T. Anderson. You know, I, I've never actually seen The Master because I find um, P.T. Anderson movies kind of hard to watch. Although I really liked Inherent Vice. Uh, I don't know. Um, you are so weird, man. I know, man. <laughs> you are so weird. It's but like, how much I mean, cooler? all his movies that are great. Boogie Nights. Um, I mean, I like must, Boogie they, Nights. There might be blood. There must be blood. Yeah, no, blood I like it. There will be blood. There will be blood. There must be blood. There can be blood. Heart Aid, you know, licorice pizza. And then and you're like, yeah, I'm not really a big fan, but I really love Inherent Vice. I love Inherent Vice. I just do. It's bananas. It's like the pancake. Moto pancake. Moto pancake. But... Philip Seymour Hoffman is awesome. I, I think, though, that I I would personally have loved to see him be in The Master as directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you can be a good actor in a P.T. Anderson movie, but can you do it in a Paul W.S. Anderson movie? Right? Like, that's the challenge. That's you're, challenge. you're tampering with forces beyond <laughs> your imagination. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Philip Seymour Hoffman's. Uh, he was on my short list of uh, of picks for this week as well. I, I think he was only 46 when he died, and yeah. and uh, he's in so many of my favorite movies. Uh, uh, Happiness. I, I loved his uh, his. It was a the most one of the most cringe inducing performances I've ever seen in in Happiness, and almost famous. That's another right. small yeah. role, but yeah. uh, he's terrific in it. And uh, Magnolia. Uh, right. Talented Mr. Ripley. There are uh, no small roles, only small actors. And of course, his star turn is Dusty and Twister. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. That, that but, uh, I don't know if you Wednesday remember, Mark. Uh, we, the Philip Seymour Hoffman week pick. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw him at uh, Telluride. I think he was there with Capote. I think so. He got a tribute. Didn't he yeah. get a tribute yeah, that year? Yeah, he got a tribute. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't just, there literally with Capote. He was there with the film Capote. <laughs> Truman was, had been dead for many years. But just a it's wonderful like Bernie's with Truman Capote. <laughs> you know what was amazing? You know what was amazing about that Telluride? Didn't they show both films? They showed both Truman Capote films, oh, if I'm maybe. not mistaken. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was because they did the tribute to um PT uh to uh to Hoffman. And um and then they also showed the other the other Capote film. Right. I'm with, pretty sure. Uh, yeah. It was a while ago, but name, you know, yeah. I, I don't remember these things 2005, anymore. 2004, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, what a great pick. He's just a wonderful actor who just disappeared. I mean, just inhabited every yes. role so totally, yeah. but was was always himself, but always made the role. That know, was a real loss because he had, you know, not only did he leave a, a, a young daughter behind, but um, uh, he uh, he had so many great performances left to give. Oh, yeah. You know, he wasn't somebody at the end of his career. He was somebody very early in his career who 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 just... Like you said, it was a chameleon. He could have done so much, so many great films that we didn't get to see because he had passed passed away. Yeah, because he's a bastard. But what? thankfully left a tremendous body of work uh, behind. Yeah. You know, just yes. so many wonderful performances. So Totally. And speaking of wonderful performances, I want to point out to Ashley as we get to Wednesday that Dabney Coleman is still alive. <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. Week on the four thirty and he's still alive. <laughs> so four thirty movie actors, you think are dead, but they're really alive. Well, we could have done that's that funny. a couple years ago when Abe Vigoda was still alive. Now, now, right. now, now, now it's hard to do. So, so Ashley, Wednesday uh, for um, gone too soon week. So first, I will say that so far I have completely whiffed on my predictions for. That's uh, what I thought. My yeah, me too. Four thirty spurts. Um, is that a thing? Is that a word? <laughs> With, uh, yeah. And I think because I took a, a, a different tack mm. towards this. Of course you did. Well, but, but, you know, but not like in a bad way. I, I think like, look, Jim Henson, unquestionably a genius. The world is a lesser place mm. without him. He was 52 yeah. years old. He was old and busted. Yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman terrific actor. He was even good in Mission Impossible 3. He was really good. He was, he was really yeah, he was, good he was the best thing about it. Yes, yes, I was. mean, yeah, he's terrific in that. Completely terrific, mesmerizing actor, 46 years old, old and busted. And I think for, for me, I was looking at actors who, um, who had demonstrated a, a, a sort of a, a, a charisma that you couldn't deny, um, had a, a presence um, that was just beyond their years. And then they went away and they were taken from us. And, um, you know, through, through various, for various reasons, sometimes because they destroyed themselves, sometimes because of horrible accidents. Um, sometimes it's just bad luck. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I, I skewed a little bit younger in uh, the, the direction that I was looking and I narrowed it down to, to two actors, one of which I'll talk about when we get to Friday. Uh, the Ash, other E.T. E. is a puppet. Well, <laughs> screw the show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Elliot's alive? <laughs> um, FM radio, huh? FM radio, <laughs> FM radio. Uh, <laughs> so the actor that I chose, I, I didn't have a lot to choose from. Um, and you didn't have uh, a lot to choose from. I, I didn't have a lot to choose from for this actor. See, on because Friday. the body of work. Yeah, well, there they're young. a huge body of work for this actor because yeah. he was so young. He died when he was like 28 years old. He'd been in three, maybe four movies. Um, but he was he was just, you couldn't take your eyes off of him. He was unbelievably talented. Um, he came from a, uh, a family of, uh, of great performers and artists uh you would watch him and think that he's got the whole world in front of him and of the, the there are more than two movies he was in but of the two that i thought about i thought well one of them has to be the wednesday pick it should be the thing that um is unexpected 
But I, I went for the unexpected choice that is also the lesser known choice that shows you something about why this actor uh, was destined for greatness. Um, the actor that I'm talking about is Brandon Lee. Lee. Oh. oh, I was going to go for Bruce, but I felt like um, Bruce has such a body of work that it doesn't feel, I mean, obviously he died so young, 32 years old and it's heartbreaking. Um, but you know, you look at, at what he accomplished by the time that he was 32 years old and, you know, he, he put together such, you know, uh, such a filmography yeah. that we feel like we, we know him, um, that, uh, that it's uh, obviously there are so many great things ahead of him, but, but we feel like we know him and his son, Brandon was just incredibly charismatic. He's this beautiful kid. Um, and just a very talented, charismatic actor and performer, just like his father, um, and an amazing martial artist. Now, nobody ever is going to be Bruce Lee, uh, but Brandon was great. And I think the movie that first showed us what this kid was capable of before he was so um, tragically taken from us on the, the set of The Crow, which was nearly my pick, um, was a, a movie that was, um, it was, uh, I believe it was 1991. Um, and it was directed by, of all people, Mark Lester, who directed <laughs> Commando. Commando! Uh, with, uh, with Dolph Lundgren. It's called Showdown in Little Tokyo. For over 400 years, they've developed their own mysterious traditions. For over 400 years, they've had a strict code of honor and unparalleled standards of respect. For over 400 years, they have terrorized the streets of Japan. Now, they want to control the city of Los Angeles. Determined to leave their mark in blood. Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee are ready for a showdown in Little Tokyo. They're two LA cops who are hungry for a little takeout. Dolph Lundgren, Brandon Lee. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Now, when this movie came out, it, it wasn't well reviewed. Um, it had, you know, a very problematic path to release. Uh, you know, the the director Mark Lester had the film taken away from him by the studio. They cut ten minutes out of it because, as you do, um, almost at random. Um, but the movie still holds together. In the in the intervening years, it's gained something of a of a cult following. It has a is a, a cult status. Um, the action is really great. Like. It is much better, I think, as a film than it has any right to be. But where it is truly great is how it shows off Brandon Lee. And it, it shows you, uh, you know, how he can just walk onto a screen and hold it. Even as an inexperienced performer, the way that he holds a screen, the way his father could hold a screen. There are ways that he looks like, you know, when the camera finds him, 
Um, and he's in the middle of an action scene and he is looking at an opponent and there's just little things that he does. And you see his father in his eyes and it's astonishing. And the way that he moves, the way he can move and marry that to that charisma, it's just, you, you can't quite believe that it, you live in a fair world where somebody is, is that physically capable but has that much star power. And he's up. He's, he's in this movie with Dolph Lundgren, who is actually a much better actor than I think people remember him being. And actually, like, weirdly, an, an insanely smart human being. I believe he has, like, a degree <laughs> yeah. in chemical engineering from MIT. Yeah. Yep. Um, terrific fighter. Um, he's great on screen. Like, they're a really good match. Like, they're just a, a great little buddy cop combo. Um, but, you know, you're not even thinking about Dolph Lundgren. Like whenever Brandon Lee is on the screen, you're thinking about Brandon Lee. And he brought that again to the crow. And the only reason I'm not talking about the crow is I feel like we've talked about the crow and it's, it's the easy pick. And if you really want to see what this kid was like and get a sense of his potential and where he could have gone, right? Because the crow is such a particular film. Then Showdown in Little Tokyo is the movie to watch. Um, you can find it on iTunes. You can rent it for like three bucks. Um, it's an hour and 18 minutes because of all the cuts. So it's a fast watch. It's a fun watch. It's an 80s action movie. It's really good. It's really great. And in a way, it's kind of a twofer because it, uh, it's, it's a way of, you know, going, okay, you know, Brandon Lee, gone too soon, but also reminding you of his father who is also taken from us far too soon at the age of 32 years old. Good pick. Yeah, good pick. People forget, uh, you know, it's so interesting about Dolph Lundgren that, um, you know, he was, he is uh, brilliant. You know, you, you think he's just dumb, you know, because of Rocky Four or something. But the, the funny story was, it's like he had not even thought about being an actor. He was, you know, Grace Jones's boyfriend, and he was on the set of A View to a Kill. And they saw him and they put him in as a Russian bodyguard with like no lines and basically a glorified extra i think and um but because they loved his look and he loved being on set and decided that he wanted to pursue acting and uh you know he, he he's not a great actor but he's such an amazing physical presence and i think the reason he is so successful is because he's very very bright mm -hmm. yeah but brandon lee you're right i mean he has an un he had an undeniable um uh, charisma about him and he he was he had that magnetism about him and I, I unfortunately have not seen showdown in little tokyo but i will add that to my list he did see big trouble in little china however <laughs> <laughs> but i you know i saw the crow of course and uh i certainly saw his potential in that and it was just such a sad story that terrible accident that happened um that uh, that took him from us way too soon yeah yeah that's um I, it, it's an interesting pick. It's very much uh, what I respect from you. And I don't say that in a bad way. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good pick. You know, it, it does. As we get to Thursday, it does affect the direction I'm going to go in. I have to say the picks that have happened so far, um, you know, mostly, you know, people from the 80s and 90s. Um, and I, I originally because today, the day the episode drops is June 3rd a day before June 4th, when Poltergeist came out, had been thinking about picking the, the charming, delightful uh, uh, Heather O'Rourke and Poltergeist, uh, who, who died way too soon. 
uh, as a, as a, as a young child after making Poltergeist three. Um, but I'm not going to go with that because I feel like in the history of, of Hollywood, there's so many people, you know, most famously the great producer, Irving Thalberg, um, you know, who was running like, you know, it's like the Hamilton lyric racing, like he's running out of time because he was born with a congenital heart disease failure. So, you know, he never knew when he was going to die and he just was like working, you know, like crazy. I mean, he had the career of three people, you know, having died very, very young. So, you know, I was thinking about picking a Thalberg movie like Red Dust or Freaks, which are two Thalberg movies that I that I love. But, you know, I, I, I don't feel like necessarily that encapsulates like Thalberg is like a whole episode, like Thalberg and, you know, yeah. as a producer and every it's a whole different thing. So it's really about gra- grounding it in someone specific. And, you know, it's so funny because it's, it's so tragic if we look at it since we began the season, we've lost so many amazing people. But I wouldn't argue that they've gone too soon. I mean, they're gone too soon for us, but, you know, all of them live to a pretty good age. I mean, Alan Ladd Jr., we talked about, you know, William Hurt, obviously gone too soon, but still not, you know, super young. Peter Bogdanovich, of course, again, gone too soon for us. Um, uh, uh, You know, Doug Trumbull, um, in most recently, you could argue gone too soon, uh, uh, the great Ray Liotta. You know, and it's like, do we want to pay homage to any of those people? But I, I tend to think that we got to go for like the the famous uh, losses, and one of those people is John Cazal, of course, um, who I'm sure was on all our minds yes. and might be a great pick for Friday. This is a a man who who died of lung cancer at a very young age, only made five movies, all of which were nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, all yeah. of them. The Deer Hunter, Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon, The Conversation. Extraordinary. So we got to think about we got to think about him. But I'm going to pick I'm going to pick somebody else. No, I'm not not Jeffrey Hunter uh, and the Searchers. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to go with um, a movie I mentioned, I think, on the show before, but I've never picked. And this this was another one of these. I think people in Hollywood were absolutely shocked because he had so much talent, much like when Heath Ledger died. Everyone was saying this is a great Great actor who had an amazing career ahead of him. Of course, I'm talking about River Phoenix and the picture of Sidney Lumet's running on empty. Can I see his records? Well, I'm afraid I lost his records. They gave them to me and I know I packed them, but I just can't find them. Christine Lottie. There's no reason to think they're on to us yet, so stay calm. Jen Hirsch. Who are your parents, Ozzie and Harriet? Martha Plimpton. It's wonderful having a new name every six months. River Phoenix. 20 years ago, his parents protested the Vietnam War. I was wondering if Michael had ever mentioned anything to you about his old school. I'm a liar. My name isn't Michael. My parents are Arthur and Annie Pope. My God, Annie, why did you throw it all away? We're in trouble with the FBI. We're moving base camp, kids. Of your tracks. His whole life, he's been paying the price of their beliefs. Look what we're doing to these kids. They've been running their whole lives like criminals. You can't keep running away from something that you had nothing to do with. You deserve your own chance. I'm not letting him go because it's not safe. Aren't we supposed to question authority? You taught me that. We should turn ourselves in. It's dangerous for you, and it's dangerous for them. We can't keep him locked up. What about us? They need me. I need you. We have to let him go. A story of love, loyalty, and letting go. Running on empty. Directed by Sidney Lumet. Hmm. 
Um, Running on Empty was a really terrific film uh, about, uh, it was Christine Lottie and Judd Nelson were people who had, uh, during Judd Hirsch, I say Judd Nelson, I meant Judd Hirsch. (laughs) Oh my God. We can't record this late. And uh, who during the 60s, uh, uh, you know, anti-war protests, they they had had bombed a, a, a facility and there was a janitor who was, uh, hurt. He was, and, and they're on the run. They're on the run from the FBI, and they have to go keep going from place to place. And River Phoenix, as he gets older, doesn't want to keep running. I'm tired of running, just like the colonial said in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> um, and uh, so he, um, you know, he wants to. He, he, so they has to make a big decision. His parents have to decide: Are they going to let him go? And he has to decide because he may never see his parents again because he never, you know, how is he going to reach them? And, the, you know, and uh, are they going to turn themselves in? And he's starting to ha- uh, get involved with this girl played by the Martha Plimpton. And it's a, just a terrific, moving, you know, Sidney Lumet was so good at directing actors. And River Phoenix was so great, everything we saw him in. And then, of course, even in a movie we don't particularly like, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, how terrific is he as a young Harrison Ford uh, in the... Uh, He's uncanny. It's incredible <laughs> at the beginning of that picture. It's only a um, snake. It's, it's, it's such a body great, language, the whole thing, yeah. Such yeah. a great teaser. Everybody's um, lost at me. <laughs> <laughs> and so so my pick for, for Thursday is going to be River Phoenix in uh, Running on Empty. That is so funny because I just watched that movie for the first time two weeks ago. Oh, well, did you like it? I loved it. Uh, I loved it. He was almost my pick was, you know, on my short list as well. And I'm a big fan of you know, River Phoenix's work in The Mosquito Coast. He's sure. terrific mm-hmm. in that. And Stand By Me, mm-hmm. another brilliant performance. But uh, Running on Empty is a really, uh, really terrific movie. Uh, 1986, I believe uh, it came out. And mm. uh, uh, yeah, just a, 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 a terrific. I'm so movie. glad. I'm so glad I picked it now, Steve, because, you know, I think I know how much Jim Henson means to you. So I'm glad that you picked Jim Henson because, you know, he he is such a meaningful uh, icon, a person, creator in your in your career and your, in your history as a film. So the fact that this was a movie that you loved and recently saw, I'm really glad I picked it because I was really struggling with, because, you know, I, I wanted to, I was like, I love Marilyn Monroe in the asphalt jungle. Like I wasn't going to pick one of her, you know, famous roles, but that is like, it's not really a significant enough role. And even though she's fantastic and I love that movie to death and, you know, Martha Vickers and the big sleep, I love, um, also not a huge role. So I just like, but Sidney Lumet is, hasn't, you know, he's like Frankenheimer. doesn't get enough yeah. love. I mean, yeah. he's just one of the greats. Like Frankenheimer is one of the greats. We don't talk about them enough. And it's like, you look at Lumet and he's like the verdict and, and, um, and, 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 you know, all his, his great New York films, you know, all through his career, he's so brilliant. And even here, you know, later in his career, and it wasn't that, that late because he lived another, City Lumet lived another, what, 20 years after that. But um, just somebody, I'm so glad whenever we can acknowledge, just like whenever we can pick, you know, Honor Frankenheimer. You know, we talk about Ronan or we talk about Manchurian Candidate or something. So um, anyway, well, but that's the, that's the River pick. Phoenix hit hard, I think, because he was our age when he died. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he was 23 years old. And what, they weren't like letting the us into the Viper Room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For a good reason, as it turns out. So it was like a peer who was, you know, early 20s and he had already done all these terrific performances and he was just gone suddenly. It was it was an utter shock. And uh, I, I mean, he would still be in the 
prime of his career now. He would be in his oh, mid-50s. He would be so, DiCaprio now. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. somewhere in heaven, he and Brandon Lee are doing cop movies together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing I about River Phoenix, that. River Phoenix, uh, I think he, he, when he died, that was like a huge thing when we were, you know, like we had just come out to some of us, were, you know, California. I mean, like this early 90s, like this is the heyday of like going to the movies all the time and, you know, going to the new art and going to the Sunset Five and going, you know, just the Cinematech. I, I don't think the Cinematech even reopened yet. And it was no. just like, but, you know, so that was a it was a huge deal with River Phoenix that people couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, it was really a tragedy. It was like for, for people who are a little younger than us when Heath Ledger died. It was just right. like that. Even yeah. I think even more so. Well, and, and Phoenix, for someone so young, he had this incredible soulful quality in his mm-hmm. performance. It was so deep. I mean, you look at any one of those performances, Mosquito Coast, Running on Empty, Stand By Me. And then there's such depth to the to those performances. Yeah, he's great. I'm so glad that you picked a movie. Um, with him, he was like, I was between him and, and Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had Steve pegged for, uh, for picking River Phoenix. I had Mark pegged for <laughs> picking a Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh, <laughs> but I came very close, close, very close. Who did you have for me? I Ash. wasn't sure, man. I uh, really wasn't sure. Orson Welles. Uh, you had Darren down for E.T. Yeah. That's right. But I actually <laughs> recently watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade uh, with with Caden. Like for some reason, within a week, I think because we went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark on the big screen, he had to watch Jaws for school, and he wanted to watch Last Crusade to kind of watch through the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, by the way, he's with us on the Temple of Doom being the second best. Uh, oh, that's great! You Good. clearly are raising him right. Sharp cam, right? I am. He likes Star Trek motion picture. Things are coming up. <laughs> Things are coming together. Totally. (laughs) But you're just watching that movie again and realizing, my God, River Phoenix is so great in it. He's so great. He's beyond his years. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's it just stabs you in the heart. Well, so is, so is Alex Hyde White in that movie, even though he's dubbed. He's no Wilford Hyde White. So, um, so that brings us to Friday and, you know, look, there's so many of the obvious People that we haven't talked about, obviously John Belushi. You know, we picked Animal House before, um, but Blues uh, Brothers. You know, yeah, I, 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 I want to. I want to uh, mention James Dean. James Dean. Yeah, oh, I was course. just going to say James Dean. You know, um, I, I think Giant is is uh, George Stevens. Giant is terrific soap opera. You know, yeah. uh, I really like it. Um, your Rebel Without a Cause is obviously Nicholas Ray's and Rebel Without a Cause is great. I'm I, not a huge I, I fan would, of East I Eden. I would have gone with East of Eden. Yeah, yeah see, I'm not a huge fan of East Eden. But. I still haven't seen East of Eden or Giant, but I believe there's a new restoration of Giant coming out. Uh, yeah, it's on your 4K from Warner Brothers. Looking forward to that. I love Rebel that. Without a Cause, though. Mm-hmm. But Giant, I wonder how it'll play at home. It's one of these mm. big cinemascope or Vista Vision, oh. whatever, whatever, whichever one it was. Um, you know, it's huge and it's beautifully shot. And the working you know, it, title was really big. And, and but it's long, and it's soapy. It's it's Dallas. You know, it's not like. It, well, it'd be interesting to see what you think. But Elizabeth Taylor is great, and it, uh, James Dean is great, and yeah. it, you know, um, it, it kind of we talked about the the what the P.T. Anderson's oil movie earlier. This is the big. This is his oil movie. Um, right. Bruce Lee enters the dragon, obviously. It's an oil it's, movie. It's, 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 um, it's, I'm going to watch Popeye because that's the olive oil movie. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> we would be remiss if we didn't mention the great uh, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, you know, obviously, uh, again, a very short but um, wonderful career. What a, what a true Look, talent he was. I would push uh, if I hadn't picked Brandon, I would I would push you know, enter the dragon and Bruce Lee. But frankly, I think we kind of get Bruce Lee That's like with Brandon. Too, man, too much Lee. Yeah, too many fists. Then it's Bruce Lee. 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 I mean, I picked to be or not to be. I, I think Carol Lombard is amazing. It was a brilliant comedian. But um, having picked that fairly recently, um, I think I picked it for, for War Week. I don't remember what I picked it for. <laughs> but uh, she's Warwick so great Davis. as Maritura. Um, yeah, Warwick, <laughs> Warwick Davis. Davis Week? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I got I to gotta push... For um, I think I mentioned earlier Heath Ledger, and as much as everybody likes him in Dark Knight, I think he's terrific in Ten Things I, I hate, hate About You. you. Yeah, I yeah. think he's great in that. It's so much fun. It's it's like those classic John Hughes movies, um, but you know, in the nineties, A Knight's Tale. And yes, I don't know if you guys I- remember this or not, but there was a show on Fox that ran for a season called Roar. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Roar, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was right. awesome. And he was, was the good. lead, and it was kind of this very sort of um, Celtic myth, historical Arthur, uh, you know, fighting the Romans. And it was so cool, man. Like, I loved that show and he was great in it. You just totally forgot about it. Yeah. That, it was a, yeah. And, and, and of course, uh, Brokeback Mountain, he was terrific yep. in that. And, yep. uh, the Patriot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I of love course. Night's Tale. I've been meaning to rewatch that. Yeah, it's good. And Brittany Murphy, who is wonderful in Eight Mile, which again is a movie that took me by surprise, you know, because I mean, that's like Purple Rain. It's like Eminem comes, does this amazing, you wouldn't think, you know, it's, 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 you know, this musician comes, a hip hop artist, and just freaking great. How do you mention Prince? How old was he when he died? (laughs) He was in his late late 50s. I mean, that was gone too soon, too. Yeah. You know, like, Purple yeah, Rain, like, yeah. It's not going to be under the cherry moon, that's for sure. No. Um, I, I my push, my push, my what I would suggest for Friday, I feel strongly about is John Cazale, obviously. You know, right. and you can pick any of those movies. With him. Uh, I mean, you could, I, yeah, I'm certainly on board with that, but there's a couple other names I want to mention first. Yeah. Uh, I was very close to picking John Ritter, who mm-hmm. died at the age of 54. And of course, you're at large. Yeah, it's early success in television, obviously, but he had an incredible second act going in the movies. And I loved him so much in Sling Blade and that, mm-hmm. that supporting role. He was really showed his chops as a dramatic actor. And, uh, and I thought he was incredibly funny in Bad Santa. And, and um, hey, you know, don't and forget hero about Skin Deep, where he had like a fight <laughs> in the dark wearing a glow in the dark condom. I mean, and don't forget about Hero at Large and yeah, Hero at Large, yeah. Problem Child. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And then I also wanted to mention one of my uh, classmates from USC uh, from the same graduating class, uh, John Singleton, John Singleton, the director, mm-hmm. the youngest mm-hmm. uh, person ever nominated for the Best Director Oscar for Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. um, and was was still working. Um, yeah. I don't know if he ever matched the heights of Boys with the Hood, uh, Boys in the Hood but uh, a, a talented director uh, for sure. Yeah, that's a great pick too. That, that, that was, a, I think, a stunner when uh, John passed away as well. But uh, yeah, John Cazale, uh, an absolutely brilliant actor who, I mean, was indispensable in every one of You those can't beat five. that batting average. Yeah. Five movies, five Oscar nominations. Yeah. And Although I, believe- I think the the chair he was in in uh, Godfather Two was in three of those movies. So, <laughs> so what would be the movie pick? 
What are they going to watch? The, that's the question. Well, I think his role in the conversation isn't that big. I, I, I think, think you got to go for Godfather 2. I think you got to go him. for Godfather 2, too. I yeah. mean, Dog Day Afternoon is great, but I think it Godfather is. 2 is, is that's got you know, his uh, the showiest, uh, you know, is, is probably his largest, uh, largest amount of screen time. I guess sure. it's just wonderful in that. I know it was you, Fredo. I know it was. I know it was you, Fredo. Broke my heart. Say hail Mary. <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> Not like everybody says. <laughs> just an indelible. I was passed over. <laughs> such an indelible performance as Fredo. Not what I wanted. Not to be confused with Frodo. <laughs> right. Oh my God! How funny I would that be? This ring in the morning. I know it was you, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. Oh my God! <laughs> right. Oh my God! They get to Mordor, and the Don is sitting there. Give him the finger, and he bit it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Gandalf. <laughs> oh my! I can carry the ring. <laughs> I'm honored to be here on your quest for the ring of power, Don Julio. <laughs> I will come with you to Mordor on the occasion of Frodo's quest. Wow. Oh. Oh, man. Forget yeah. the Muppets. How about, how about that, Netflix? Do that. Francis Ford Coppola's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, you shall not pass. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, get ready on the set. <laughs> we need ready. We need help. Well, tomorrow's a big day for all of us. We're uh, well, three of the four of us. We're seeing Star Wars at the Academy. Yes, bastards. Yeah, I'd like to right. go to the Academy. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and you know Carrie Carrie Fisher gone too soon. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. Gary Kurtz yeah. gone too soon. So, um, anyway, uh, but uh, so we're gonna go with Godfather two for a Friday. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely that. fantastic. That's okay. One. history of two generations of crime, the drama of absolute power and the men who violate it, The Godfather, Part 2. What is your name? Don Vito Corleone and his son Michael both had seen the ones they loved most cut down before their eyes. Both had killed as an act of vengeance. Both commanded the most powerful and merciless crime organization in the world. Is it true that in the year 1950, you devised the murder of the heads of the so-called five families in New York? It's a complete falsehood. They would take any measures. I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. We're just my enemies. Make any arrangement. Michael, we're bigger than U.S. Steel. Order any death. To protect the empire they controlled. The Godfather and 
is air. Both were men of ice, and both were targets. Great, great. And then, uh, and then we're gonna go make uh, Godfather Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. The Muppet Godfather Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if you're doing Godfather two with the Muppets, oh god. Yeah. Who is okay? So so who's Michael? Kermit. 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 Yeah, I think so. And then K is Miss Piggy. Absolutely. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So who is? Uh, well, there, yeah, I guess. I guess K would have to be Miss Piggy. I was, Why? Who are you thinking, Janice? What? No, no. I was thinking, was would Miss Piggy Piggy be better as uh, as the daughter? Oh, it's Talia Shire. It's Talia Shire. And maybe Godfather Three. Tough questions. Who's Hyman Roth? Oh, oh and Roth. It's Stadler and Waldorf. Yes, they're both. <laughs> I'm in a, yeah. <laughs> Stadler and Waldorf. Oh my God, that's great. And uh, Luca if Brasi I wake up, is, uh, Sweetums is Luca Brasi. Right? <laughs> <laughs> May your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> wow. Oh man, the Muppet Godfather. Wow, that would be so awesome. Yeah, that would really that would be really great. And then the only, uh, you know, live action, the real people would be like Roger Corman, <laughs> you know, right. as, the, as, the, as the congressman. <laughs> be great. Oh. oh, my gosh. So who so who that is Don Vito? Well, are we talking about Godfather 2? Uh, I was talking one? now, but now I'm going back to the Godfather. Um, is I it Brando? Is the one live uh, real person? Because but I think what? it could be Sam the Eagle. Maybe Sam the Eagle, but also Orson Welles. Or Animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so then in God, in God in Godfather 2, who, who's Antonio Andolini? The De Niro. Andolini. That's probably Gonzo. Gonzo? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a puzzler. All I know is, is that Animal <laughs> is Sonny Corleone. Could you see him at the phone fo- at, at the toll booth? I can see it now. Exactly. Yeah! <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And it's so, and, it, oh, and it Fozzie, Fozzie is obviously John Cazale. Yeah. Sure. I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was bent over. I know it was you, Fuzzy. Her <laughs> Fredo. I know it was you, Fuzzy. Oh my god! I feel like that should be one of our episodes. That when we do uh, a week of movies that would be better as Muppet movies. Right. I know oh, it was you, Fuzzy. I cannot wow. wait for that. Ooh. It's time for Muppet. Oh, maybe next season. <laughs> And that's when we'll do yeah, that'll be our season premiere that's where Darren will act out Star Trek the motion picture with Muppets and some people say the performances were better and that'll really piss us off okay so anyway let's let's look back at gone too soon week on Monday Steve Monday uh, Monday is uh, Jim Henson gone too soon uh, with uh, the film uh, that he co-directed the Dark Crystal on Tuesday, what are we watching, Darren? We are watching 2012's The Master, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ashley Miller, Wednesday. 
Wednesday, we're watching 1991's Showdown in Little Tokyo with the great, gone too soon, Brandon Lee. And on Thursday, it's River Phoenix and Running on Empty. And Friday, it's John Cazale in The Godfather Part 2. What a week! Woo! Yeah. And also, actually, uh, Brandon Lee is an adverb. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> lolly, lolly, lolly. Get your adverbs here. Um, okay, well, this I is... go Brandon Lee into Wednesday. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And, and Steve, Do not go Brandon Lee into, into that, into that good night. night. <laughs> and of course, we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of the 430 Movie. Steve, tell us what we'll be watching next week on the 430 Movie. Well, uh, next time... Because it might be, we might be skipping a week, but uh, or next time on the four thirty movie, I believe we're going to do Clown Week. Not, stop clowning around! <laughs> it's stop clowning around week. No clowning around. That'll be an interesting. Harry, and you said we were out of ideas. I well, can't exactly. wait for Clown Week. That proves the point. <laughs> <laughs> clown Week's going to be amazing. You'll see. The, the ventriloquist awesome, movies guys. count. Okay. Well, no, look, I, ventriloquists I, I, are not clowns. So that's season eight. Okay. So I want to thank uh, I want to thank Mark Mark Rivera uh, as always, who's been doing such a great job. Even uh, uh, he's busy play, playing dad, but he always finds time to mix the four thirty movie. We want to thank Peter Holmstrom, our producer, and Ali Miscali, and all of you for listening. Your thoughts? You could leave them at <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. Facebook at the 430 movie, or you can also rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the 430 movie. And until next week, on behalf of the great and talented Steve Melching, Darren Dockerman, Ashley Edward Miller, myself, Mark A. Altman, Eyewitness News starts now. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.